Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. Mark Von Oppen with Fully Involved. Thanks for joining us. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I like what you guys are doing. Mark, I read a blog, you know, one of your first blog posts, So I'm Ready. And, you know, I think that was well before Fully Involved ever started, but it was enough to keep me interested in and following you and what you had to say, but take us through the, you know, where that came from, how it came about and, you know, how it led to ultimately starting fully involved. Well, it's, it's interesting that you bring up, so I'm ready. That actually was probably the first blog that I ever wrote for fully involved. And it came from at the time, uh, it was when the, the financial downturn was happening in the economy and there was a lot of you know public scrutiny and, and things that people were writing in editorial and opinion sections of the newspaper. And, and the one thing that stood out to me was someone in our city wrote to the, the local newspaper that, you know, I see the firefighters polishing the fire engine a lot and they don't seem to be doing a whole lot. You know, their only, their only real interaction with us or their only the only time that they saw us was when they saw us on the front ramp washing the rig or doing something like that. Because a lot of times, you know, we, we try to stay out of the public eye and we try not to train in public places because, you know, just as an example here in California, we've been in a drought for the last five years and, and nobody wants to see us flowing water. So we try to do a lot of things, you know, in cloaked secrecy, which is unfortunate because I think if people really knew what we did, they'd be pretty excited and they'd be pretty proud of the fact that they've got public servants that work as hard as they do at being great at their job. So, you know, I thought to myself, you know, God, if they only knew, you know, everything that we do is so that we're ready. And it starts at five o'clock in the morning when I get up and go to work and I get a cup of coffee so I can wake up so I can get to the fire station so I can work out so I can, you know, some people run the streets in their district so that they can learn the hydrants and learn the streets. And and what that really is, is So I'm Ready is a mashup of, of what a lot of people do to prepare. And I think that that's every firefighter across the nation is, is sort of reflected in that piece. You know, that's how it all started, because I, I submitted that actually to Fire Engineering Magazine. And they said, well, that's, you know, more of a work of prose. And it's not really, it doesn't fit our educational format. So, you know, it'd be better suited to be a blog. And, and that's kind of how the blog started. Really organically, I never really set out to do it. This really started out of you know a frustration with you know people think that we sit around and drink coffee and play checkers all day. You know that's and and that's not at all what we do. Everything that we do is so that we're ready, so that we're prepared, so that when those bells go off, we can kick ass because that's what everybody expects us to do. But the the blog itself and the and the program, you know, started completely by accident. You know, fire chief in North Carolina called me up and asked me if I would come do a, a program on leadership based upon some of the things that I had written. And I said, you know, thanks a lot. I don't, I don't do that. And they said, well, we'd really like you to come out and do it. And I said, well, I, I don't. So we went back and forth and then they finally convinced me to do it. And that was in 2012. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So throughout all this process, have there been benchmarks you've met, mentors that have helped you along the way? I'm going to take us through like the last, you know, 10 years or so and the ups and downs that have gone with it. Well, as, as far as benchmarks or a timeline, I, you know, I think one of the things that's really critical to communicate to people is it starts from day one. I don't know that I don't know that, that as far as I'm concerned that there's any sort of master plan for implementing, <laughs> you know, fully involved. There isn't some, you know, I'm not like some chemist who's trying to create this formula where it's like, you know, this is, it starts and this is when I know we've gotten there. I don't, I don't think that that's, that's the case. I think that you, you have to tell people that, especially young people coming in that, that, that as soon as they walk through the door, you know, they're, they're creating who they're going to be or their, their reputation in the workplace or in the fire service. And, you know, you just have to do right along, you know, the, the whole way so that, so that when you do step into a leadership position, it, it makes sense. You know, people are like, Oh, well, that makes sense. This person's been doing it this way. They have a way of doing things. They believe in doing their job to live and giving all that effort and having an all in attitude. And that's, that's what they exhibited throughout their career. And, it's you have to start that early as a new person and as as you're working your way up you know showing who you are all the way you know you have to establish that standard and show that you have that standard that you are relentless in your adherence to it and then when you do get into a leadership position from day 1 when you walk in the door with your people you have to say here's what i expect from you as firefighters and engineers and in return this is what i'm going to give to you as a company officer and I think that that's the main thing is it's a give and take. And it's not something that, that even as a new person, you're not, you shouldn't have to do it all yourself. The older people in the organization have an obligation to, to teach people the right way and bring, it, bring them up the right way with people-centered values so that we're teaching people how to lead in the correct manner, that we're setting forth the correct standards and that we're not, you know, we're not teaching them to be complacent because, you know, as institutionalized as complacency can be, we can also institutionalize vigilance and preparation. And it's just, it's just as easy to do that, I feel, if we're relentless in that, because, you know, some of us are very relentless in institutionalizing complacency. You know, hey, rookie, don't do that. You know, you don't need to clean. You know, you can't polish a turd. Making us look bad when you're going out and training when in actuality, it's the other way around. You know, you're making yourself look bad when the rookie's out there training by themselves. And you're not out there helping out. But, you know, in terms of, you know, having a timeline for when you know that it's, it's working, I don't know. I think it's kind of one of those things where you just put your head down and you go and you have, 
you know, a way of doing things. And I think eventually what happens is you look up and everything's changed. I don't think it's, I don't think you know ever point to necessarily one moment. It's it's a series of of things that happen where that let you know that that the culture is taking root and that things are happening in the right way. And a lot of times your peers have to remind you of it when you get frustrated. And that's that's the whole thing about having a peer support system where if we're doing these things where we hold each other accountable to a standard and we say, hey, the standard here is excellence is our responsibility collectively. Where you know if if you're not living up to a, the standard that we set, you know, or I'm not, we have the respect to call each other out on those things and to say, hey, that's not how we do things here. And if, if you want to do that that way, if you don't want to live up to that standard, find something else to do, find someplace else to work, find another firehouse, bid another station, because our standard here is this, and we're going to exceed the minimum standard. I worked for a lot of really, really great people when I was coming up, but I also worked for some people that I wouldn't emulate. And I think it's important that we tell people to, to take little bits of everything that they observe and be constantly observing the people around them and say, you know, see what's going right and see what's, see what's working, see what's not working and, and tweak that to fit their personality. Take the stuff that works, take the stuff that doesn't work and throw that out. Um, but it's a constant process and it's a constant evolution of you as a person, as a firefighter throughout your career. And it's always changing. So Mark, a couple of weeks ago, we we're both in Portland. We had a chance to sit down and, and we started talking about, you know, the beginning of your career, the beginning of this whole following, you know, your goal was, I just want to voice, be the voice for those that don't have a voice and stick up for them. But now you say it's kind of the mission is to make sure that what happened to you and what's happened to a lot of people when they're young in the fire service to make sure that doesn't happen to the next generation. Like what kind of advice would you give to that senior person, how they should be acting to make sure that they're not putting out that internal fire that we all should have as new folks? Yeah, just because you're treated like shit, so to speak, doesn't mean you get to treat the next guy like shit. Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, where that conversation originated was one one of the brothers that was in the room asked me, you know, hey, you know, how do you keep it going? How do you do this? And for me, you go through a lot of different incarnations of who you are as a, as a person and as a leader and as a driver, if you're someone that, that is pushing and pushing and pushing in the fire service. And I think that, that if you're that person that gets tired, if you're that person who was, was pushing and trying to drive change for so long and experienced so many roadblocks and so many hurdles and so many frustrations that, you know, you now want to shut down because you don't feel like you have the energy to dedicate to that because there's a lot of external forces that exert pressure on us as well. We've got family, we've got, you know, all types of things. And, you know, our, our family should come first. You know, we like to throw our fire service family out in front a lot and say that that's the most important thing in the world. But, you know, what about, you know, your family at home? And, and sometimes that can suffer. So, you know, where that came from was, uh, some people, and, and I've been through it myself, where you start to resent the new people for being so excited about the job, and and resent might not be a good word. It it may be that that you know you're projecting what you feel are your shortcomings. You know, they come out where where you exercise your frustrations because you feel that you're falling short on the new people, and you try to shut them down and say, well, that'll never work because of this. And and I ran into this problem, or I was that person that tried to do that back then, and. It'll never work because I couldn't succeed. 
Well, instead, how about flipping that around and saying, well, you know, I experienced all of these frustrations along the way, and these people are excited about the same things that I was excited about when I was, you know, when I was younger. And let's move those ideas forward. I couldn't do it because I wasn't the right voice at the right time. But this person has the right ear, has the right voice to accomplish what we were trying to accomplish a number of years ago. So put your pride aside instead of trying to shut them down and, and make them burn out before their time. Support the new people because so much of what I think I see in the fire service is youth is what drives us. You know, it's, it's the, the people that are, you know, in their first 10 years that really drive and really push and, and, and are, are super excited because they have the time to go out and do a lot of the things that we can't do as we move along. Listen to what they have to say and, and capture that enthusiasm and ride that wave of enthusiasm with them and, and, and push those ideas forward and say, hey, I've got this, this kid in my organization who is super excited about this and it, it works and it's, it's sound practice, it's, it's best industry practices you know, shoot that across to your peers who are, you know, in your same age group that are chiefs or deputy chiefs or battalion chiefs say, Hey, we need to support these young people. And I really feel that that is my role now and, and pointing people in the right direction so that they don't experience the same frustrations that I did. They're still going to get them. We can't, we can't remove all frustration and all roadblocks, you know, from people's paths, but it's our job to smooth that road as best we can for them so that they can be successful and that they can stay excited throughout their career and, and not be burned out. And sometimes you have to go around your organization if your organization isn't willing to, you know, go join a fool's group or, you know, some sort of a training group or try to teach at the local community college if you feel that you've got something to share. You know, it's not always necessarily, you know, your individual department that should always reap the rewards. If they're not willing to listen, take the show on the road and, and improve the fire service as a whole. We can do that. You know, we have the ability to do that now, especially with social media and that type of thing. So we have to be careful about the message that we're spreading. Make sure that it's it's legitimate and you know not reckless. But you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there to to make changes. But I I do feel that if you're that person that's tired and you're burnt out, you know, and, and you you don't have the energy to drive big organizational changes, support the people that are. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So some people don't know this, but uh, you talk about it in your presentation your dad was part of the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff in the 80s. You know, um, it was almost a dynasty at that point. But you mentioned how what made that team so successful was the accountability and the players themselves willing to have tough conversations with each other. Probably equally as important in the fire service that we need to be accountable and have tough conversations. But how important is that same accountability and tough conversations in the fire service? Well, I, I don't think it's ever easy to have those conversations if that's not built into your culture. And I think that, you know, in uh, the book Extreme Ownership, they talk about having that never satisfied idea built into your culture. And that's what we're really talking about here is the fact that we're seeking continuous improvement and we're always trying to get better as a group. And, and we need to be OK having those conversations if, if it's not built into your culture where the leadership can say, yes, that was 
we did well here and we need to improve in these areas or just straight up call people out and say, hey, this is not up to our standard. If this is how it's going to be, we're either going to need to improve or we're going to need to you guys are going to need to find something else to do. And, you know, where that really hit home with me and I we talked about it in Portland was, you know, I was you know, sitting in a defensive team meeting and I as a kid and I, I heard Charles Haley get called out by Ronnie Lott and he said, hey. Charles, that's not how we play here. You need to get your ass to the football, and this is we get 11 guys to the ball, and you need to emulate these other guys. And if you don't want to do that, you need to find another place to play. You can go play in Buffalo. You know, at the time was you know a terrible football team. It was like going to Siberia. You know, but but we need to be able to have those conversations because there's real consequences to the things that we we deal with. You know, we can't shrug our shoulders and go, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, it. Everything that we do does matter, and it relates back to the first thing that we talked about, that everything that we do is so that we're ready. And we have to build that, again, into our culture so that we're, we're on the same page and we see things through the same eyes. And we can't get our feelings hurt when people do call us out on things. You know, we have to wa- have a way of voicing it, and you, know, you have to do it from individual to individual, and that's why it's so important that in leadership you know your people. Some people need a pat on the back. Some people, when they're not performing, you need to be able to put your hand around their shoulder and say, hey, come here, dude. I need to talk to you. This is how we do things around here, and you do it, you do it in a private moment. Some people need a kick in the ass, and you need to understand how that works. But those conversations are, are never easy to have. I mean, you never want to tell anybody that they're not performing up to the standard. But you also don't want to let it build up to the point where it becomes such a, a source of frustration for you that you, know, you just explode on people. And I think that that's sometimes where, where we go wrong. But I think that you know, in terms of are we having those conversations in the, in the fire service? Yeah, I think we are. I think that fully involved is sparking that dialogue. I think the nozzle forward is sparking that dialogue. You know, uh, fire by trade, all these different people are having a different way. Is it universal? No. But is, is it on a firehouse to firehouse or a crew to crew basis? Yes. You know, we can't shrug off our responsibility, and it isn't about paydays and four days. It's about really owning the responsibility to the, the public that we serve. There are those of us who have to go out there and push and, and, you know, in pushing and in doing so and pushing people way outside their comfort zone sometimes, you piss people off. You have to be okay with that. And, uh, you know, I think that this conversation that we're having is good. Does it make people uncomfortable? Yes. And that's okay. Yeah, I think it's important to note how, you know, Ronnie Lott, when you talk about the tough conversation he was having with his teammate, I mean, that's a Hall of Fame football player right there. So he's getting it done. He's leading with his play, and so I think guys respect that a little more rather than if it's just – I mean, if you're the 53rd man on the roster and you never see any playing time you're trying to call guys out, they just don't listen. And I think the same could be true in the fire service. If you're not producing on the big calls when it counts, it's going to be hard to call people out and preach accountability. I mean, you really have to – have a, Hold yourself accountable. Yeah, and you, you, you've got to be able to perform at a high level, have a high standard if you're going to call other guys out. Absolutely, you have to be walking the walk if you're going to talk the talk. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's a two-way street. I can't, you know, as a leader, I can't be saying, you know, you need to be doing this if I'm doing the exact opposite of what I'm you know, saying we need to do as, as a group. And a lot of this is peer-driven. And that's why it's important, too, to engage the informal leaders in your in your departments and, and so that the message is continually reinforced, not only from the person who is in the position of leadership, but from everybody, you know, in the fire station saying, hey, man, this isn't how we do it. The peer pressure that's exerted when, you know, as an example, if everybody in the station's working out and one person isn't, 
slowly that one person being the oddball that doesn't work out, they, they're going to start doing something. And it may be as simple as starting off by saying, hey, hey man, we're going to walk around the block a couple of times and I'm going to do it with you. Just to even just get it started, just to break the ice. You know, and sometimes you do have to, it, it isn't necessarily a dialogue. You just say, hey, come along with me. I'm going to, I'm going to help you do this. It isn't necessarily, you're calling them out in that way. What's like a normal day for you guys at your station? I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I've got a lot of really young, motivated people on my crew. I'm the oldest guy by far. So a lot of times I'm chasing them around. You know, they're coming, they're coming up to me and saying, hey, did you see this video? Did you see this? What about this? What about that? Asking me questions, going out and taking classes. So, you know, fitness is part of our, our daily regimen. Sometimes we'll work out together as a crew, um, but the guys are, are really motivated. Fitness is something that, that we we really you know, try to rally around and that we make an important part of our day. We try to get some sort of training in every single day, you know, on some sort of particular discipline. We run into the, the, the problem, though, where our day is completely chaotic because it's the fire service, right? If, if we go on a call, we try to talk about a building. If we go on an EMS call, we try to take a look at the house afterwards. And we just try to have it be something that we're, we're engaged in throughout the day outside of having some real formal plan. You know, we, we try to talk about things as much as we can, again, because we're busier side in our department. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard to have a ton of structure. But, you know, people really do crave that. And it is very important. It's something that I'm trying to be a lot better about. You know, when I worked at a slower house, we were much more structured in our way of doing things. We'd, we'd meet in the morning. We'd work out in the morning as a crew. But kind of have to find out what works for you and what works, you know, for your people. But, um I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, we, we try to build consistency. And I mean, it, that's, that's the, the biggest part is just yeah. being consistent. You know, it, no matter what time we're going to get a workout in. And even if we have to beat our heads against the wall, cause it's gotten interrupted by three calls, we're going to try to finish. So we know that fitness is the foundation of any well-rounded firefighter. And part of it is always finding a way to get it in no matter what, how do you in your busy schedule, traveling, speaking, just, you know, working the shift work of a firefighter, how do you find time to make it a priority? Yeah, I, I just, I feel that, it, you know, a lot of people look at fitness or, or people that, that commit to fitness as it being vanity, you know, and I, I think that nothing could be further from the truth, especially in our profession. I think that it's, it's, you know, some people will see it as selfish, but I, I don't see it that way at all. I see it as fitness is, is a, you know, a vital part of what we do just as much as knowing your building construction or, as a company officer being dialed in size up, knowing your tactics and strategy. I mean, how can you expect to, you know, work in a hundred pounds of gear and drag a charged hose line through a structure in, in extreme conditions if you're not fit? And, you know, furthermore, I'm not getting any younger. So, you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I've got really young guys on my crew that, that are that are hard chargers and want to get after it, and I don't want to be slowing them down. So I think that it's something that you have to commit to. It's something that you have to carve out and say, you know, for me, I feel that I've had a productive day if I get a workout in and then everything else follows suit. You know, it's like I, I don't – I feel like I've failed, and it's probably – failed is probably a bad word to use. But if, if I don't get a workout, and you know, if I don't do something – Personally, I just don't want to be that person that gets left behind or isn't ready for an assignment because I can't catch my breath or I can't perform a certain skill. And obviously, some of those things change as we get older. Our physical capabilities go down, you know, the older we get. So it's it's really important that, again, if, if we're saying that we're ready 
and we're response ready. I mean, what's important in terms of is it is it being able to pull a line? Is it being able to do a search? Is it being able to run an EMS call? Is it being fit? Yes, it's all of it. And, you know, firefighters, I mean, we've got a lot of people in, in my department, you have to try to keep up. I have to try to keep up with. I don't, I don't claim to be any sort of an elite athlete or anything like that, but I do work at it. But I have a guy that I worked with that just decided he was going to run a marathon one day because he just, he just wanted to know what it was like and started running. Took off like Forrest Gump. He called his wife when he started. He said, I'd like you to meet me at these points to bring me water and food. And, and she did. And she met him at the end. And so, I mean, we work with those types of individuals sometimes that inspire us to, to be better. Hey, Marco, we really appreciate what you're doing for the fire service. So thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you guys very much. Really appreciate you guys you know, taking the time to have me on your show. 